Hello, Freedom Fighters, and welcome, welcome. Tonight we have the topic, how much do you have to earn to avoid mortgage stress? And we have the beautiful Nadine on with us tonight. Nadine, if you could introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Nice to uh, be here with you all. Uh, I'm Nadine, and uh, we've just launched Golden Key Finance, which is really, really exciting. So really excited to meet you all as we help you, you know, achieve your investment dreams. Fantastic. Um, also, if you guys are watching us live, type in hashtag live. If you're watching the replay, type in hashtag replay, just so we know when we're watching. Now, Nadine, we are, welcome everybody. Fantastic. So okay. how much do you have to earn to avoid mortgage stress? That's the topic for tonight. So I think that a lot of the worry out there at the moment is financial worry in terms of cash, week to week living. Most people are living paycheck to paycheck at the moment. Would I be right? Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, cost of living at the moment is really causing havoc on everybody. And whether you, you know, you earn um, standard wages or you earn lots of money, you know, everyone's starting to feel the pinch with the cost of living. And I think everyone's starting to uh, feel it, especially coming to Christmas as well. I had a conversation today, you know, those Christmas present wish lists are starting to grow. So everyone's starting to feel it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, uh, how much do you have to earn? So mortgage stress is really that cost of living that you're saying is going up and also mortgages are going up due to higher interest rates, I'm imagining. So that's what the strain is on the pocket week to week. If you are out there and you are struggling with something like this, please put your hand up. Let us know what's the biggest, you know, what every single year causes you the issue. Christmas is one. Yeah, those interest, those interest rates that you're talking about, you know, they are causing havoc on everyone as well, as well. And we've seen, you know, the repayments on those almost double for some people on their repayments. And we saw a lot of people come off their fixed rate as well in the last few months. And that's, that's a bit of a worry. It's a bit of a challenge for some people. So I was actually talking today, there's a possibility of a rate rise just next week. So, you know, not what we want to hear coming into Christmas, but no. it is a challenge for everybody. And um, it's something that we just have to navigate a little bit more because unfortunately we need to prioritise those mortgage repayments effectively. If we want to be uh, continuing to invest in property, we need to make sure that we're not defaulting on those mortgage repayments. And so it takes a little bit more, you know, creativity, I guess, with your budgeting, um, as I say, especially moving into the silly season, as I call it. So yeah. it is a bit of a tricky challenge, but one that we can navigate through together for sure. Making sure those allocated funds are always allocated and the Absolutely. additional funds are the ones, the only ones that you're spending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in terms of wages, is there a particular sweet spot that we see people that are quite comfortable compared to when they're not? Because I do know a lot of people, the more you spend, the more you earn, the more you spend. Absolutely. And you, you know, you're 100% right. We all live within our means. If we earn lower salaries, we tend not to spend as much. But then if we turn around and get a pay rise, we still don't seem to save any money because we're still, you know, spending that extra income on other things as well. So there is no particular sweet spot because obviously everyone's scenario is slightly different. It's all about, I guess, managing your own expenses um, as they are. It's also being clever and implementing the right structure. So if people that have rates or that have come off to fixed rate, you know, talk to your brokers, talk to your banks, let's get a review on those interest rates and try and reduce those uh, mortgage repayments as best we can. But also having a look at our expenses on a day-to-day -day, um, 
you know, review. I, for example, I'm a coffee addict and I will admit that. And I was spending at least $15 to $16 a day on coffee alone. So when you add that up over the course of a year, I think we did a calculation. It was about three and a half grand over a year just for coffee. So, you know, things like that that we can start to look at uh, to help us with those repayments and with the cost of living as we go. Absolutely. Look, I found the same thing. Uh, every time went on a trip away or a weekend away, that's when I would blow out. The rest of the time I was fine and then it was just a blowout of those particular moments, you know, where you just want to go and do something. And, absolutely. And you're not allowed for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, everyone still has to live. You know, we, we're not saying don't go spend money and, and don't enjoy life. We have to. But it's just about being more creative or more aware more to the point of those expenses and those um budgets that we need to take into play so what are some of the other creative ways that they can save money in terms of budgeting and and that kind of thing so obviously the more you have the more you spend so it doesn't mean that someone that earns sixty thousand dollars is any better off than someone that earns one hundred and fifty thousand dollars because that person's lifestyle is completely different from maybe person a to person b yeah yeah that's right um yeah good question you know i i run a little bit of an exercise my sister and she'll hate that i'm calling her out but i get her to do a download of her bank statements every few months just to see what is in there and what she's spending money on so one of the things i found with her for an example was her phone bill and she was prepaid and she didn't need to be and she was spending way too much money and so going onto a plan was a good solution for her so there's little tricks and followers in there that you can do um to you know to look at those expenses um but i think too we can get creative if people have the option to do salary sacrificing as well they might be able to utilize that as part of their employment strategies and then self-employed people, I think, too, have lots of options where they maybe can cover some of those expenses within their business. Um, you know, there's yeah, a few different tactics that self-employed people can use on that front. But otherwise, it's just being aware what's coming in and out of your bank account. You know, from week to week or month to month, $50 here or $100 there isn't going to be a massive dent in your budget overall. But across the course of the year or even a quarter of the year, it definitely adds up. Yeah. Fantastic. And now I do have to ask one question, Nadine. I was talking to a gentleman earlier this morning and he was a little worried or concerned that um, having a call from the relative in New Zealand were saying that we're going to be heading towards a 17% um, rise. So so as in we would be paying 17%. Is that, have you ever heard of that? Look, I haven't heard of it in my lifetime. And to be honest, I don't think we'll get there. You know, we're talking a potential interest rate next week. Um, as I said, not one we want before Christmas, but I certainly don't think we're going to get to that 17%. Um, no. I don't even think truly we're going to see rates hit 10%. You know, I've done a lot of research in the last few weeks, getting ready for our amazing Bali trip next week. And, um, yeah. you know, the big four banks are predicting rates are going to fall sometime between the first quarter to second quarter of next year. And so there's, you know, I don't think we'll ever see that 17%. That's slightly crazy. That's Let's hope we don't see 17%. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember who his, what his name was. I'll, um, hopefully he's watching this live and then I can just send it, <laughs> send it to him afterwards. Um, but, yeah, no, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. It could be just something, you know, the media scares everybody, I think. Um, the other thing, yeah, the other thing I, I do know is um, how many different apps that you don't need 
how many different streaming services you don't need. So do you have Netflix? Do you have Binge? Do you have, um, oh God, how many are there? There's so many of them out there yeah. now. And I know that you can just go, oh, but that movie on that one is the one that I wanted to see. So I'll just start Disney Plus or I'll just start this one. And then you forget about it. And before you know it, you're paying like $100 a month in, you know, because each one is 15 to $20. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think there's other things people can look at too, you know, um, if you're a membership or, sorry, a member with certain, um, you know, insurers like RAA, for example, they have great benefits across the board as well. So definitely look at what you do already have and if they offer partner deals in other places as well. You know, I know lots of people like to have um, Qantas points and then you can access things through there. If you have a Telstra service, you get bills and you get points, you can spend that on things as well. So there's lots of different avenues we can take to save some dollars across the board. Yeah, fantastic. So we've got Nick here. With the amount of debt people have these days, 70%, no chance. There you go, no chance, Nick. No, <laughs> and no like 10%, really? So we meant really it's not going to happen. We don't think it's going to get to that. We mean, no, no, I don't think we will. <laughs> now, if you guys have any questions for Nadine, she is, you know, the finance guru here. So jump <laughs> on, ask the questions. By all means, we would love to get some answers for you. Now, I do know we recently had a gentleman he I was speaking to. I told you about him just the other day. Yes, yes. He just loved the fact that you got on there and you drew, put all these little pictures, made it really simple and easy for him to understand. So if you guys ever come across to us, we've got Nadine who's fantastic at <laughs> her job, simplifying everything so that you can actually understand it, not talking a whole lot of jargon that you just don't know what they're talking about sometimes when you go to finance person. Yeah. And I think that's something that we, you know, really pride ourselves on here at Golden Key is that finance is scary and it's daunting and it's not everybody's cup of tea. You know, I love it, but I understand not everybody does. And so when that particular gentleman first spoke to me, he said to me straight off the bat, he said, I'm really nervous, Nadine. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to happen. And I said, look, you're in the right place. Let me help you. And, you know, we've actually bonded really, really well. He now loves talking numbers with me. His wife yeah. even said that he's allowed to call me whenever he wants just to talk numbers <laughs> so she doesn't have to listen to him. Um, but I think yeah. and he had a, you know, a great scenario and it was a really fun one to play with and to strategize with him on his options. And, um, you know, it's something that it's hard to talk numbers really when you talk to someone and say property is worth this you can do this and release equity here and we get lost along the way so being able to break it down nice and clearly i'm no graphic artist so we will not lie about that um but to be really simple um you know it was nice and clear and you know got the message yeah. across it was good yeah yeah fantastic yeah. And in terms of, of income, sometimes you can come across people I know that are on a quite a low income around 70000 60000 or something, saving more money than someone on 100000 or 150000 Absolutely. Because yeah. they know how it works. They know how to work their numbers. They know how much they're paying and then they put whatever is extra away. And it's yeah. not saying you can't live. It's just saying, hey, pay your bills, know what the extra is, and that's what you can that's what you can spend on your fun stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Coming up to Christmas though, Nadine, I know that we're not that far away from Christmas. And I was just doing a budgeting system for Christmas. And it's like allocating a certain amount, knowing how much you have to spend on each person. Mm. And it's not the amount that you spend, because a lot of people are fine with that. It's the additional amount that you spend 
whilst you are on holidays or away during that time. Absolutely, absolutely. Like we say, cost of living is increasing. You know, even fuel prices, just to drive to your family's house for Christmas lunch is going to cost you a little bit, I think. Um, So, you know, I think it's a matter of, like you say, doing that budget. Do you really need to go away for Christmas this year? Can you stay closer to home and, you know, maybe have your friends and family over at your place or something like that to try and help those holiday costs? But, yeah, like you say, when you head away on holidays... Definitely. <laughs> when you head away on holidays, it's definitely easy to um to spend. But of course, we get a bit carried away too. You know, we're on holiday, yeah. we want to relax, we want to have a good time. We've worked hard all year, we want to enjoy that. Um, it's always a bit scary when you do the calculations at the end and you think just how far you have gone over that. But perhaps budget. we should do the calculations at the start. Yes. <laughs> I think too, I think having a game plan, you know. I have a spreadsheet that I live my life by and that's how I do my numbers every day. But having a provision or having an idea, you know, looking at cash flow, George's favourite word, looking at that going, okay, I know I can provision a 1,000 or 2,000, whatever it is, for Christmas and try and monitor that as you go. Try not to get so carried away and, yeah, I'll just deal with that later. I'll repay the credit card off later. Try and keep a rough tab. Don't worry about every little cent. Try and keep a rough tab of what you are spending when you're away so then you don't have that post-holiday blues where suddenly you're worried about you've overspent on your budget and now you're not sure yeah. how you're going to put food on the table next week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic. So we've got a few people on at the moment. Claudio. <laughs> I've seen him about. So a lot of our members will be going onto the live after this call. I'm just going to check the time. Nadine, you just when our call actually starts to make sure that we don't run late for our members. <laughs> okay, we've still got a good five minutes left, so we're all good. All right, fantastic. Any more advice coming from, and nobody has any questions as of yet, so just the questions that I've shoved at you so far. Making my job um, easy, I love it. <laughs> now, the other thing I was going to bring up with you, and I know I talked to you about this one recently, but we did have a lady come through and ask a few questions um, and this lady was a casual worker mm-hmm. with the option to go contracting. So for someone that is a casual worker or a contractor of sorts, how hard is it to get that financing across? Because I know serviceability is one of the biggest um, issues or the biggest, cons- you know, worries. Yeah, absolutely. I was having a conversation today actually with a client and they're in a tricky situation. Again, they're casual. Each bank assesses casual income slightly different. So uh, it's about looking at the pay slips and I guess what is that casual position exactly? Is there an option, like you say, to go to contract or have they been in the casual position not too long? You know, have they changed from industry to industry or are they under um, an agency? Between contracting and casual. So the banks look at it uh, better if you're on contract or if you're, you know, a part-time or full-time employee. It's a it's to do with the risk associated with being a casual employee. Um, as we know, you can be, you know, terminated at any given time. Um, so that's, you know, different from bank to bank, like I say. Client I had today, he was in a tricky spot. We've got to find the sweet spot with the employer for his casual employment, but also the sweet spot with the bank for the valuation as well to try and maximise his equity. So we're playing yeah. with a few different puzzle pieces, but, um it's not impossible for casual. There's definitely options out there. Definitely lots of banks that do look at casual employment. It's just finding that sweet spot, I guess, on a, a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So case-by-case. 
All right. So here's a question. I'm buying under corporate slash trust versus individual in terms of serviceability and security of the assets. Yeah. So George is big on this. You know, buying, of course, in a trust is obviously for security purposes. Um, you know, definitely great if someone's got quite a few properties or is self-employed, definitely the security from a trust is fine. From a servicing point of view, it has no impact on how we do it because you would still be guaranteeing the income of the trust. Um, if you're running a, a company under a trust, then we use the company financials and so forth that way, just as we do it if we would if you're a general self-employed person. So from a financing point of view and a lending point of view, it doesn't really have too much of an impact on the way that it services with the banks. Oh, fantastic. No, that's yeah. awesome to hear. Okay, great. All right, Nadine, we are going to have to head off in just two seconds. Beautiful. Uh, just no other questions coming in. There's no more questions coming in. So if there's anything you'd like to tell us to wrap this up, um, and basically it's, look, the topic was how much do you have to earn to avoid mortgage stress? There is no particular dollar amount I'm gathering from this at the end of the day. It's basically about controlling your own funds. That's right. And I guess too, it's like you say, controlling your own funds, but also being aware of the debt that you do carry. You know, we could turn around and say the sweet spot is a hundred grand, keep it nice and clean. But then if you already have quite a few properties or quite a bit of debt secured under that, then, you know, you're going to have to earn a bit more to alleviate your mortgage stress. So it's a tricky conversation or a tricky answer to give you direct. Um, I would recommend if anyone's got concerns about their mortgage stress to book in and have a chat you know, that's the easiest way to get some understanding, to get a clearer picture in your position and how best to manage that with the correct structures and strategies to move forward. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Nadine. It was, it's always a pleasure. Always. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks, Stacey. We didn't get George on, but that's okay. He'll come, he'll pop up again some other time. So we will yeah. say goodnight to everybody. And for our members, we will see you in our chat very shortly. We'll be in there in a couple of minutes. All right. Thanks, Stacey. Bye, everyone. Bye.